Welcome to Men's Book Club. Men's Book Club, Men's Book Club, Men's Book all the way. <laughs> Merry a Christmas. A, a Christmas theme. Merry Christmas a almost. Christmas theme. Merry Christmas almost. Can you believe this is our last 2021 I couldn't episode? Believe, I couldn't believe You know what? This is the long... I, I can't believe we went this far. Oh, yeah. I know. Uh, I mean, what, nine months at it? Yeah, it's actually wow. good. It's a, it's a record for me. Sticking with anything. I think if we did nine days, it would be a record for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, do you remember our very first book? Uh, yeah, 11, 22, 16. Yeah, that's right. Stephen King is what kicked us off. Yeah, and that, you know what? It was like the... It was a long book for that, mm-hmm. and today's going to be a long book. <laughs> we're ending it with a long book, but yeah, we have to. So this is our last episode of 2021. Yeah, we were, we're required in our contract. Yeah. <laughs> We must do a big book. Um, this is our last 2021 book. We are going to take a little bit of a holiday break. We'll be back in January 2022, which is not really a long break. We're just going two weeks instead of the usual one week. But anyway, um, or three weeks. I forget the math. I don't know what day it is. But anyway, Christmas is coming up. So what better way to celebrate Christmas than our... Getting some expectations because we, we want gifts and you're expecting something and it doesn't go as planned. And uh... Okay, I was going to say what a better way than the author of Christmas Carol, Charles Dickens. <laughs> but play on words of Great Expectations works. Yeah, so this week we read Great Expectations. Um, very... As you going, <laughs> as I'm scrolling through the book, what we read. so I don't know how many pages your version was. Mine was about 430 pages. Uh, well, wait, did we get the same? Oh, no, 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 no. I had no. Oh, 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 you're saying you went to a bookstore and you saw it, and that's when you got yeah. it from me because yeah. you were reading. I went back. You had this one already. Yeah, I've had this. I've had this for a while, but you didn't read it before. No, right? I have not. Um, four fifty-eight. Okay, all right, similar. It's very similar. But I read some of it online because I was at work and it was easy. Mm, easier. I've done that. Um, Which I don't know how I like digital reading, but it it bores me quicker. It, it does. It oh, well, I get distracted. And I, I, I if I read, I have to be. It's usually late. It's usually right before I go to bed, mm. so I can put me to sleep. And. Okay. Um, I can't have a TV on or the computer on. Yeah, I can't have distractions either. I because usually, I'm like immediately. Yeah, I usually have to like do it in a quiet room. And once I, I have a distraction like that, if I if I'm reading and I'm like, oh wait, how is like a bridge made <laughs> or, or something? I can't like I can't focus on the book. <laughs> it's a YouTube video of 25 yeah, minutes yeah. how bridges are made. Yeah, it's it's pretty. Then, it's, it's you bad. know what? How are tunnels made? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and I get like in these rabbit holes on YouTube and I don't know what's happening. Um, all right, so let's get into it because this is a this is a big one. This is this is going to require some <laughs> some thoughtfulness and a lot of conversation. So um, I will say um, overall, like the book, I enjoyed it. Um, before we get into the synopsis, did you like it? Did you not like it? We'll get to the ratings later, but just overall. Um... I thought it was pretty good. I, I thought, I thought, some it was a little. I felt like it was too long at mm, points. Okay, um, and that really hurt it for me. I, 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 but what I did appreciate, I remember that one book I read, um, Donna Tart. What was that book called? Um, 
I know what you're talking about, and I'm blanking out because I read the other two. The little friend or something? Yeah, the little friend. Little what I hated about that one, especially, is like the chapters were so, so long. Mm-hmm. You want to feel like when you're reading a book, you're making some progress. Okay, I got the chapter five. I actually, I don't These know. These were maybe. pretty good. Yeah, they were pretty I, good. That, that's my point. Like, th- this one wasn't, even though it was a long book, and I thought some... It makes you feel like you're making progress. Yeah, the I, I, I hate the ones that are like yeah. 80 pages for yeah. a chapter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this one wasn't that bad. This one wasn't bad. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. I, I like the small chapters. But I did think, also. like, some of it was a little... Like, I don't know. Some of it All was... Right, let's get into it. So, uh, I mean, a brief summary, and I'll put briefs, brief in, in, in air quotes here. Um, the story is about the protagonist being... It's the story be, is being told from the protagonist's point of view, Pip, who is um, an orphan that lives with his sister and her husband, Joe... And they live in England, obviously. And he, it, the story starts off on Christmas where it basically is him at the gravesite of his parents. And a convict comes up to him that I guess escaped from prison at the time. We really don't know. But he comes up to him and asks him to bring him food, wine, and a file so that he can take the uh, chain off of his leg. So that, obviously, because he just escaped from jail. Um, Pip is very scared. He actually ends up doing it. He steals some of the stuff and goes back and gives that stuff to the convict. The convict gets caught but appreciates the fact that Pip did something nice for him. He gets arrested and he goes away and we that's it for now. He, yeah, he, he ends up being, he, yeah, he ends up playing a big role in this. Um, as time goes on, uh, Pip basically ends up going to the house of Miss Havisham. Yeah, Havisham. Um, and there he's supposed to be taught how to be a little bit more independent. He's supposed to work for some money. Yeah. Well, like what is, uh, in that, in those days, is that, com- that was common? Yeah. Yeah. If you're not going to school, you're usually working uh, as a kid. Yeah. And that's one of the big things with Dickens is that he's often in his books doing that, showing you that kids work and as chimney sweeps, they work in factories, they work in people's homes. Unless you're educated. But I mean, you always had a feeling, I guess, in the beginning before he met her that he would probably be an apprentice to Joe, right? I mean, <clears throat> that was probably his... Yeah. Going to be his... Yeah, I think I think the ex, uh-huh, expectation... The expectation <laughs> was always that he would end up doing something with Joe because he was the only person that he knew. And Paul said Joe was pretty nice there. So. Yeah. And his sister was a bitch. Yeah, he, he really liked Joe. His sister was sort of... Um, What's the word I'm looking Again, for? Bipolar. Abusive? Abusive, I think. But, but like, yeah. And she had, like, this bipolar <coughs> tendency. But, yeah, she was, like, what, she beat them up? She them. used to, she used to, yeah, she used to physically abuse. I mean, I know. Again, it's the 19th century. I'm sure it happened more often. But, yeah, she used to abuse her husband and her brother. Um, but, anyway, continuing with the story, he goes to Miss Havisham. She she is basically requesting him to do stuff for her, which is mostly involving him wheeling her around the room. Um, she's kind of an odd lady. She's dressed in a wedding gown. She left the table the way that it was on a certain time. I think it was like a quarter to eight or a quarter to nine. Um, the meal is left to rot on the t- dinner table. The wedding cake is still there, and it's supposed to signify the moment that her husband ended up leaving her 
right before her wedding. And she kind of never... Right, and she never... And stole some of her money. So she ends up never being able to get over that. And she shuts herself off from the world and stays in her little house. And um, basically everything stayed the way that it is. Her The way that she's dressed, the table, the cake, the clocks. She stopped them all at a certain time. And... Obviously, Pip doesn't really know all of what's going on, but he knows that he's supposed to do whatever this lady says. Eventually, he ends up meeting this lady's supposedly adopted daughter, uh, Estella, who he ends up falling in love yeah, with. Yeah, like the first sight. Yeah, he even though she is very rude to him, yeah, she's cold. not. Yeah, she doesn't seem the, that interested. Right, she's not interested at all. Um, although she plays a little bit of a game with him before he leaves, she t- she tells him to kiss her. And he yeah, kind of like, you. yeah, <laughs> that's how they get you. That's how they got you back in the 19th century. <laughs> Kiss my cheeks. Um, <laughs> so he, Miss Havisham, ends up telling uh, Pip that she wants to meet Joe. And Joe comes over to meet Miss Havisham and she tells him that she's going to pay to have Pip become his apprentice. So he could be a blacksmith like Joe. Joe's a blacksmith. and that's Now, now if, if, if Joe... That's like a part I didn't really understand. If, if Joe's already doing that work, why, why does he need to get paid? Because they... Well, she, need, he, she needs... He was going to Miss Havisham to get paid. So yeah. now she's paying... She's basically paying his salary to uh, go oh, work. So like Joe doesn't have to pay. Yeah, exactly. So they have two salaries. Right. And so now he goes and he starts working for Joe and little by little he starts to figure out and he tells uh, Bibby, Biddy? Yeah, Biddy. Um, that which is basically a family friend. She's a tutor. She kind of helps him read early on in time. They're about the same age, but she's, she's a tutor. She helps him on how to read, how to write. She teaches him some things. He ends up confiding in her that he doesn't really want this sort of life. He doesn't want to be a blacksmith. He wishes that he was a prosperous and rich gentleman that lived in London so he could impress Estella. And even though he knows that she loves him, uh, Biddy, he tells her that he's he can't, he wishes he loved her, but he actually loves yeah. Estella. Which is, uh, which is bad because that person that he loves wants, at yeah. this point... Nothing to do with no, it. Not like zero to do with it. Yeah, and... Yeah, well, which I find like pretty relatable because there is times in your life where you really want somebody, and you're missing out on opportunities because you're you're so focused on that mm-hmm. person when right in front of you, like you can have happiness. But that's true. That's very yeah, true. Yeah, does, um, uh, does not opt for that. It does not opt for that. Um, so a few years pass by. I think three years or so pass by, and he's working with Joe as a blacksmith. He's his apprentice, and um, a lawyer meets them at one of the bars where they are, and he starts talking to him and Joe. This lawyer's name is Mr. Jagger, and he tells them he tells Pip that someone, a benefactor, has left him a large sum of money. He's not to know who the name of the benefactor is until the benefactor wants him to know who he is. And that I like this lawyer character. He's yeah, like I love pretty, I, uh, yeah, he's, like, he's very matter of fact. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Um, he tells him that. He has a large sum of money, and he is to go to London, become a gentleman. He gives him a small amount of money to how, do that. How far was um? Because they're in England. How far? There, they couldn't be that far from the city. Five hours, I think they said. Five hours from where they were, the okay. countryside. Yeah. yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Uh, to London. Um, 
And he goes over there and obviously wants to become a gentleman, so he does it. He goes and gets his outfit. He goes to London. He's supposed to get tutored. Kind of reminds me of Hogwarts. By this. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, he goes and gets tutored by this man called Mr. Pocket. Yeah, and he Matthew ends up, Pocket, baby. Yeah, Matthew Pocket. And he ends up I living with his son, Herbert Pocket, and they become best friends. Um, and as time goes on, a lot of little events here and there happen to his life. But probably the most important one of all of them is that he ends up um, feeling like the the amount of money that he got, he's not doing anything with. Right, so once he becomes 21, which is the coming of age time, he gets an even larger sum of money. And instead of taking it and spending any money on himself, he actually anonymously gives it to his friend Herbert so that Herbert can get in business with this other man so that they, be they could become tradesmen uh, with ships and they go back and forth. And obviously he doesn't tell Herbert anything about this and he kind of wants to keep it. And that's Really, the only thing major that he does with his money besides spend it randomly for dinners and, and be in like a little bit of debt, I guess. He was in debt because right, he was in debt because he just used his money frivolously. He never knew how much he had or how much he was. He yeah, which is kind of like a weird way to. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a. It's kind of weird how you don't know how much money, so you 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 can't even appropriate. Yeah. Exactly. That's very true. But but there is like a, during that time too, he runs back into Stella. Yes. So he point. yeah he he goes back and forth. He his understanding throughout the whole time is that Miss Havisham is the benefactor that gave him yeah. the money. Which is He's, like you which you would think. Because. Yeah, because he actually mentioned it and she didn't deny it. And he also saw Mister Jagger, the lawyer, at her house. So he's to assume that that's the client, that's who it is, and she tells him he that like she... friendly terms with her. Right. She tells him, Pip, that she wants him to love Estella. So it's almost like she's setting up his life for him. She's giving him money. It reminds me of uh, Wholesale. <laughs> you know? Like, he, like, hey, Nicole, you gotta love Alan. You know? That's, a, that's an inside joke. Um, so yeah, they... they basically, it's... His understanding that Miss Havisham is setting up the life for him, telling him where to live, telling him where to go, what to work as, where the money's coming from, how much is coming, when she wants to announce herself. But most importantly, she's telling him that the plan is to have him and Estella love each other. We come to find out after he, at the, at the age of 23, that, mind you, the story started when he was seven years old. So now we find out at the age of 23, while he's living in a house with his friend Herbert, that um, his benefactor all along was actually the convict from the beginning of the story that he helped. He swore after that day that he was going to use every penny that he's ever made to send over to Pip so that he could become a rich gentleman so that he can live basically vicariously through him. And he, wants, he wanted to give everything to Pip, but Pip doesn't actually receive this news well he, there are many times throughout the time where um, this convict is in his house and he feels repulsed by him, even though this, this convict is telling him that, oh, I did all this for you. Yeah, and he gave him everything he wanted. Right. That he dreamt of. Yes, but what really makes him upset wasn't the fact that the money is is coming from this convict, but be but because he thought that Miss Havisham had set up his entire life for him. 
So if it's really been the convict all along, it really wasn't Miss Havisham. So that means that Estella wasn't part of the plan. Yeah. That means that the person that wanted him to do all of this was a convict, was a, was a, was a peasant, was nobody. Versus Miss Havisham, who was intelligent, who knew what she wanted in life, who was very powerful, who also had Estella wrapped around her finger. Yeah, and I guess like the, the thing is, the reason he wanted to be a gentleman is probably that is because he met Estella. Right, exactly. That's so, that's that's exactly. That's just like his only. Yeah, he he's his wanting to become a gentleman was to impress her. Um, they meet a couple of times throughout the book, and she is not. She doesn't like him. She still gives him the cold shoulder. And there's a point where he goes back to visit Miss Havisham when he finds out that the convict, whose name is Abel Magwitch, I I keep saying. Convict. Yeah, it, it kind of reminds me of um, that that uh, that food. Manguich. Uh, okay, that's a good way to remember his yeah, name. Whatever it was. Uh, yeah. um, but anyway, he goes and visits uh, Miss Havisham to almost yell at her because all along he's kind of thought that she was the one looking out for him when she wasn't. And he gets angry at her. And while he's there, Estella is there and he confesses his love to her and tells her, I've loved you, you should be with yeah. me, all of this stuff. That never works. Uh, it doesn't. <laughs> Estella. Unless I love you back. Yeah, Estella actually informs him at that time that she's going to get married to Bentley Drummle, I think his last yeah, name is. Yeah, and that guy's like a prick. That's the perfect way to describe him. He is a prick. And he Pip keeps telling her, don't marry him, don't marry him, don't marry him. But Estella is basic, keeps basically telling him and Miss Havisham that she grew up in the house of Miss Havisham. And Miss Havisham has taught her... That nothing that she should do should be for love. She should be cold-hearted. She should do things for her own benefit only. She shouldn't do anything for other people. Love is not important. What's more important is stature. What's more important is what she... It's She's basically been taught to be cynical throughout her whole yeah. life. So once Miss Havisham finds out all of this and Estella leaves, um, Pip comes back for a second trip and finds that Miss Havisham has basically been distraught and stressed and starts crying. She's like, I can't believe this is what I did to Estella. I thought I was protecting her no, all along. <laughs> you know, classic story. Um, she ends up setting herself on fire accidentally through the fireplace and Pip uh, puts her out in a weird way and she never really makes it through. She's alive at that point, but she ends up really never making full recovery and she ends up dying. Um... But all throughout, this convict is living in a house not too far from them. And this convict, Magwitch, is, um, even though he wants to see Pip, there are people looking for him because he's an escaped convict. And where they are is in a good place. And they find out that there are people following him that want to get him arrested. So their plan is to take a boat from where they live and take it to Hamburg in Germany um, and as they're making their trip, they stop at an inn along the way to rest. And while they're there, another boat comes. And that boat is with a man whose name I will never remember. Computon? Yeah, Something yeah. Like that. Something like um, Remind you of, like, conveyor belt. Okay. Conveyor. <laughs> <You're>, conveyor. <laughs> the way that you're remembering all these names is pretty hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of uh, I think it's Compusin. Um, Compusin is the other convict that was fighting all along with Magwitch. He's also seen in the beginning of the book, and they're kind of wrestling in the distance. Um, they're fighting about basically 
we'll get to this. Um, but Compusin is uh, intercepts them while they're on the boat, brings the policeman with him, and says, "Oh, that's Magwitch. He's the one in disguise. You should arrest him." And they fight while in the water. Compusin ends up dying. Magwitch gets arrested. And Magwitch goes on trial. He ends up being found guilty of a bunch of horror for horrible things like not paying his debt and accidentally killing a guy. And he is sentenced to death. But before that happens, he actually ends up dying in jail with Pip. Now all of a sudden feeling sympathy and yeah. love for him. And he dies finding out at the end, which we didn't know all along. We find out bits and pieces that Estella is actually his daughter. Yeah, which is a nice reveal. Yeah, uh, yeah, Dickens did a very good plot twist there. So we find this out slowly. Mr. Jagger has a housekeeper, and the housekeeper is serving dinner one night while Pip is there, and he Pip finds that her hands are and her face looks very similar. It's, to it's amazing how you can. <laughs> Oh, your hands. Yeah. Like, well, he did it. He did it well because a few chapters before that, Pip was in Miss Havisham's house, and uh, Estella was there knitting, and he was watching her hands the whole time. So it's kind of clever that he does the hands because he was just looking at Estella's yeah. hands, and then also her face, and he's like, "Oh, that that looks like Estella." So he goes a little bit and asks um, Mr. Jagger's assistant. Uh, Warwick, Warwick, and and, um, we're horrible with names. And we end up, uh, he tells him the whole story of how she became Mr. Jagger's housekeeper because she was actually a convict herself um, and she had a daughter and that daughter ended up being given away to an orphanage which Pip connects all the dots to find out that that daughter is the housekeeper of Mr. Jagger and also this convict Magwitch. It's an intertwined world. Right, all of the world, exactly. It's all intertwined together. And she was given to Miss Havacham because she was uh, she needed an orphan. She wanted somebody to care for. So she goes there and she ends up growing up as an orphan, even though both her parents are alive. And they just both don't know that she's alive. Um, Magwitch doesn't know all of this until his dying breath. Yeah, which he, Pip, tells Pip tells him that she's doing well and she's lovely and she's a beautiful She doesn't want to but she's doing <laughs> he says that he loves her and that's the last thing and Magwitch grabs hands uh Pip's hand and basically that's the last thing and he dies. Um but we also find out that that Compucin all along was the man that not only was he fighting with Magwitch in the beginning of the story but he's also the man that left Miss Havisham at her wedding day and stole all the money from her. So he's been a prick all along. Yeah. So even though he's the man responsible for the arrest of a convict, he's also a kind of a dick himself. Um, so the fact that he ends up dying makes everybody happy. Um, so he's dead. Magowicz is dead. Uh uh, Miss Havisham is uh, dead. His sister's His dead. sister ends up dying, and she dies because of this very low life that's in their town that ends up hitting her in the back of the head, and she actually never recovers from it, and she is never the same, and she ends up dying. Um, throughout the... At the end of the story, as all of this is sort of unraveling, uh, Pip decides that he's not going to take any more money from the convict... Even after his death, he rejects all the money, so he ends up being in a lot of debt. The stress kind of overtakes him. He becomes very sick and weary, and he actually has a fever for a month. 
And while that's happening, he wakes up to find Joe by his side. His, his sister's husband was there taking care of him all along. He ends up paying all his debt off for him, even though he's a merely blacksmith. Yeah, and, which is, uh, I don't know how he did that. Uh, well, he worked his ass off. It's been a while. From the age of 7 to 23. Yeah. Um, and they, he, Joe ends up leaving after he finds out that Pip is, is better. He pays off all the debt without uh, Pip knowing in the beginning. And Pip is now broke with nothing, has no one. His friend Herbert that he was living with tells him that he is going to get married to this woman named Clara. But after he returns from his trip to Egypt and he offers him a job there, which in the beginning Pip says no to because he thinks he's going to go back to live with Joe and Biddy. Um, But as he goes back over there, he finds out that Biddy and Joe actually end up getting married. That's the weirdest part (laughs) to me because he's... He would have to be at least, what, 20 years older than him? Yeah, he's, he's older, yes. I, I understand. So yeah. she was, uh, well, maybe he's like in his 40s since she was in her 20s. She was, she was at least 23. And, and he was probably like in his mid-40s. Yeah, they never say his age, but yeah, he's definitely and older. And that's being concerned, you know. Yeah. But they also lived together for a long time. You know, there's like that relationship. She taught him how to read, how to write. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it wasn't the most surprising. Rising right. uh, turn of events. Uh, yeah, but you, it's uh, Pip goes with the intention of fixing everything and starting from scratch. Uh, Biddy loved me back then. I'll go back and love her. Joe wanted me to work for him. Now I'll go work for him. It's almost like he wants to undo these last, you know. I made a mistake. X amount of years. <laughs> uh, yeah, I made a mistake. I don't want to be a gentleman. Um, he goes there and he basically begs their forgiveness for being such a pompous asshole when he became rich and left for London and basically never visited them. Yeah, and, you'd avoid them. Yeah. And for 11 years, he ends up working for Herbert as a clerk and eventually becomes a business partner with them. Herbert finds out the truth about how his business got started and it was all because of Pip. He's not upset about it. And Which, I mean, why wouldn't you be? Uh, that, the whole reason he kept it anonymous was to not upset Herbert and f- make him feel like he could do it on him on oh, his yeah. own. Oh yeah, yeah, but still. Yeah, but there there's a point uh, there in the in the book where Pip says, "I was always in doubt that Herbert can do it on him on his own, and I was always skeptical. But I should actually be skeptical of myself. I was only concerned that he couldn't do it because I wasn't going to be able to do it." And uh, the book closes out with, "It's eleven years later." Um, Pip is now just earning a decent living. He's barely, you know, he's not making any money. He's profiting. But I, but I did like, um, yeah, I did like that part because mm-hmm. he's basically like, you know, we're doing okay. Yeah. He, he, we're not like what we were supposed to we're be. We're not rich. Yeah. We're making a living. That's yeah. what he's saying. Yes. Um, so he's really no better off than when he started. As You're a just on adventure. Yeah. He just went on a, yeah, exactly. Um, he goes back to Joe and uh, Biddy's house, and he sees that they've had children. And at, it's been he's been gone for eleven years. They communicate through letters, but he's been traveling so long he actually don't see each other. And he sees that they've had children, and Biddy tells him that maybe he can actually settle down now and get a wife. Um, he tells her that he's going to be a bachelor. He doesn't. He's never found anybody that he loved. And when he says that, he goes to Miss Havisham's old house. 
to coincidentally find Estella so there, course, yeah. uh, also in that sitting in that the ruins of the house because the house has been destroyed. Uh, but it, it is actually Estella's all along because when Miss Havisham died, she left everything to Estella. Minus a look, what I left you. Minus yeah. five thousand pounds that she gave to Mister Matthew Pocket, um, because Pip, Pip, Pip asked her to, and. They find themselves sitting there, and that's the last scene of the book where they're basically saying that, you know, she's saying she wished she listened to him all along. She wished that she kind of saw that Bentley Drummle was an asshole. He ends up actually dying because a horse kicked him, I think. Um, And she's now kind of by her own lonesome, and he's buying lonesome, and all these years later... The book crowns out with them walking together hand in hand and basically a happy ending. That's the ending of mm. the book. Um, however, a little bit of research. Oh, no. The actual ending of the book was not a happy ending. And I would have rather... The way they the originally... Oh, so, so Dick- the- this, is the, uh, this is the actual ending. But Charles Dickens wrote a, an, an ending oh, like before this. Yeah. yeah. And it was one of his friends that convinced him to change it because he thought it was too harsh. And that ending was him and Estella not ending up together. She actually remarries right before she runs into uh, Pip again. So it's kind of like they keep missing each other and she ends up marrying someone else. Yeah, she married you. They shake hands instead (laughs) of walking hand in hand. She ends up marrying this like nobody basically and they walk away instead of being hand in hand they shake hands and they part ways separately. it would probably be a better ending because i i agree i felt that this one was a little too like oh, convenient you come here all the time no my first yeah time. yeah okay. exactly yeah yeah oh it's meant to be great he he it literally is that last page in that final chapter when he goes to the house and sees estella there that they he changed um this is the only version that's out there. It's not like he printed the other version, but yeah. that was part of it was to end it almost devastatingly to show that Pip had it all. Pip has nothing. Yeah. That's basically what he was trying to show. Um, I would have loved that. I hate happy endings, so I would have loved that more. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. This one didn't really. That ending didn't really work for me because I, mm-hmm. I felt like it was which is too convenient. It was convenient. Yes, I agree. I would say the ending is the only part of this um, that I wasn't too fond of. Um, there were ports, pint, ports. There were points <laughs> there throughout ports. the book that major events happened that I wouldn't say didn't matter, but like I just didn't say them in the summary and they still didn't you didn't we didn't miss anything. Yeah. Like he gets almost kidnapped by the guy who killed his sister. No, oh, yeah. And guy, he yeah. kidnaps him in a house and he and he's about to kill him and Herbert comes and saves him. It's just, you know, things like that. And that was right before they tried to escape with the convict. Like it it was just an added scene to show that it's almost to resolve why his sister died. But it was done in such a dramatic yeah. fashion that you're almost very drunk. <laughs> yeah, you're almost like, well did he really? Did we really need a whole chapter for him to go from London back to where he used to live to get kidnapped by this guy or held held? I wouldn't say kidnapped because he invited him over. He just didn't know who invited him. Um, tie him up, almost kill him, get drunk, confess to killing his sister, confess to all these evil things that he did, and right as he's about to kill him, Herbert comes in 
was, and uh, saves him. Was part of the reason, like, do you think that he didn't live up to these expectations? Because, yeah, he wanted it, but he only, but only for the, the girl. He had no... Other purpose. Yeah, no, it was not like, oh man, I'm gonna, like, I, I really want to start my own uh, business. It was... I, 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 I think so, because I think once... Because he's doing it for a re... Uh, you know, and if I'm... And everybody has these thoughts when you're in high school, man. Uh, I'll get that girl, I'll be rich. Yeah. And, you know, and... I still think no. You don't yeah. still think no? <laughs> <laughs> I, I probably do. <clears throat> I agree. I, it's almost like... Um, <clears throat> like when you're a business, like you want to become a CEO yeah. for the for the stature, rather than yeah, for the stature rather than to actually do it for the love of doing it. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Because you'll never really like it then. <clears throat> I I found there were certain. All right, my favorite thing about this entire book. Um, I I don't usually care. I don't care for storylines. I really don't. I don't. I like. The writing style, I like how people are writing. Um, I like the the character developments that they do. Yeah, because you need a character to make a decision. You Yeah, and you also want to feel for that character. Like, if you give me surface level for a character, I'm not going to care. Um, you almost want to feel for him because of his background, what he's been through. One of the most clever things that Dickens did in this book was make us almost feel bad for the convict... Even when Pip didn't feel bad. Yeah. Like, you're almost like, this guy just gave you a bunch of money. And look at, <laughs> he lost his daughter. He thought he lost his daughter. He was, he basically got arrested because of the fight that he had with Cam, uh, Compucin. Like, it's just, nothing is really through his fault. And we're feeling bad for a guy that's supposed to be in jail who ends up getting sentenced to death when Pip doesn't. Even though Pip is the protagonist telling us. Yeah. from his point of view. So it, that's clever. Right? I think that that's, that's a good way to go about it. Pip, almost you can see his line going from like a poor kid to, uh, wow, we feel so great that he's finally going to get all these all this rich and wealth. And, and then you see that he becomes a pompous asshole yeah. almost. He's like too good for Biddy. He's too good for Joe. He stops visiting. He's too good for his sister. Yeah, because I remember he goes to that Miss Habitat. He's like, well, I really can't come here. Yeah, like, yeah. He, he doesn't want to visit even though they're in the same town. He visits Miss Habitat. Yeah, and it's not like that she's that far. Right? She's he's not. Like, she's walking, walking distance. distance. Yeah. So. And then you see his fall almost yeah, starts to reminisce about Joe and being back home. But that's only when things start to go bad for him again. Then now he wants to go back and be a blacksmith. And once that can't happen, he's like, all right, let me go back to my friend Herbert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he, you see him at the end almost understand it all. I mean, we also have to remember all of this happens. The first major parts of all this happened. I mean, he's 20s and teens. He doesn't know what the hell he's I mean, Everybody was an idiot at teens. And you come into a large sum of money, you probably act the same way. Yeah. Um, so I like that. I like the writing style. You almost felt like... I love when, when there's a setting that they walk in and they're like, oh, we stood by the fire. And it's almost creating like what an ambiance would be when you expect to read a Dickens story. Like that's kind of what it is, right? Like you're sitting in a house by a fireplace having a discussion over wine and tea. And it, he created the perfect Dickensian ambiance for what you would expect. I always find it fascinating that 
like in the 1800s or whatever. Yeah, because this was, what, late 1800s? Mm-hmm. Is, Early 1800s, yeah. Yeah, is that, you know, you have the countryside, but then you do have a city. Yeah. Like, and you don't even... Yeah. Yeah, and, and usually you would, like in Dickens' writing, he's trying to show you the contrast always of London and the, the, the town surrounding London. And he does one of two things. He's either showing you the greatness of London and how great it is to be in a major city and the opportunities but, that... But Pip didn't really like it there. Like... No, no, he didn't. But he's also showing you that to be a gentleman and to be rich and wealthy, you have to be in London. You can't be in the country. You yeah. couldn't be a gentleman and live in the countryside. You, theoretically, why not? He's not, it's not like he's getting a job in London. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's just like he just a... needed a tutor. Right? Like, he wasn't going anywhere. So you, if you want to be rich, you have to live in London. If you don't want to be rich... Then, or if you aren't rich, you don't live in London, and that's that's the just basically the he was like that version of like those like YouTubers now. Like. Yeah, 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 pretty much actually. That's very good comparison, although very eerie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they he 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 his character development was great. His themes were great. Ambition and and uh, not I wouldn't say so much revenge, but I, I think ambition and redemption. Coming back to like every single character, almost every single character, started off in a certain way and ended feeling the complete opposite, with the exception of Joe and I would say Mr. Jagger. They felt the same, they were the same characters from the beginning of when you first met them to the very end. Yeah, Joe didn't change much. No, and that's one of the things that he loved about him, except he became educated, which was because of his future wife. It's... He he shows you the characters going through this growth um, and how they've been, how they go from one from almost one setting to the next setting. Yeah, I thought it was like pretty interesting too. It was a it's an interesting choice, like to you know you knock him, you kill the sister, you, know, mm-hmm. you she got attacked. And mm-hmm. She wasn't a big presence after that. Right. Yeah. Even though if you read the first. 10 chapters or so, I don't remember, you would think she was going to be a main character. Yeah. You don't... She's there in every scene. Yeah, you would think that, oh, he would fall into money and she would want Yeah, exactly. But it, but it doesn't go that way. Right, exactly. She doesn't even know about it, really. Even, even Joe, as big of a character as he is, is really missing except for little inter, in, intervals here and there. In the beginning of the book, he's there. At the end of the book, he's there. A specific scene, like when his sister's funeral... But through after all of that, he's not really there at all. Um, I love the parts when uh, when Joe visits Pip while Pip is still rich, and he keeps calling him Sir because he feels like he's not good enough for Pip. Yeah. And then when he when Pip tries to make him feel comfortable, he switches from Pip to uh, oh old Pip. Like he's he's calling him by his name when he feels com- feels comfortable, and then he like almost yeah. feels like oh shit, I shouldn't be calling him that. And he says sir, and it, it it's a big it's a big, um, it kind of makes Pip feel bad, and he does that towards the end too. Even though Pip has nothing, he still calls him sir, even though he just paid off all his debt. He's yeah. calling him sir. <laughs> it's it's just a crazy way to 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 contrast like Joe, the friend of Pip, versus. Joe is almost like looking up to Pip. But very interesting. Uh, I, f- I found a perfect little quote in here for you. When was very good. Uh, it's basically about how people do things because they have a chip on their shoulder. Basically you. 
Yeah. Uh, throughout life, our worst weaknesses and meannesses are usually committed for the sake of the people whom we most despise. Ooh. I you should I, get that tattooed. I should. That, you should get that. It's a long, long tattoo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I, I think I, I folded a page of my book. I forgot what it was. Wait, let me try, let me try to get it. Um, also, there was... Um, the, the, the idea of Estella being, um, not being able to be persuaded by things and material items, even though she really didn't come from wealth either herself, was, was such a big deal to Pip because he thought that wealth would be the reason that she would end up coming with him. And it wasn't. It wasn't really anything that had to do with money at the end of the day. Even though that's what he assumed would end up bringing them each closer to one another. Which is one of the craziest parts of this book. Um, and, and also the ideas that um, when... Yeah, I don't know why I folded this page. <laughs> the ideas of when Estella is denying Pip even though his wealth is the same as Bentley drives him crazy shows you that all along Estella didn't care about the things that he thought she wanted he probably would have had a better better shot at her if he stayed back with Joe because he was around all more often instead of being gone in a certain place and it's just it's crazy that his yeah, expectation and it was also one of those things too where you, you know when you're like that white knight? It's like, well, you need a ride. I got you this ride. Yes. We're going to go to have it. So like, but yet she was like dating somebody else. Yes. But he's accompanying her. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. Uh, Miss, Miss Havisham says this to Pip. Um, what real love is, it's blind devotion, unquestioning self-humiliation, utter submission, trust and believe against yourself and against the whole world. That it... She's telling him things that make him believe that Estella was supposed to be for him all along. And Miss Avisham has no idea. First of all, she's not in a relationship. She's kind of kooky. She's crazy. And Estella doesn't respect her. And on top of all of that, she is not the benefactor. So she has no say in anything that's going on. Oh, this is what I think I had. Uh, Biddy was talking to him at that... Do you want to be a gentleman to spite her or to gain her over? Oh yeah, and then she's like, I don't know. <laughs> and she says, because if it is a spider, I should think you know best. That might be better, more independently done by caring nothing for her words. Oh, that's nice. And if it is to gain her over, I should think, but you know best. She is not worth gaining. It's not worth. Yeah, I remember that when they were sitting on the bank in the water. Yeah. yeah that's very nice. Because I think this was that was before, I guess, he went. No. Yeah, it was it was before he went. So, it basically, it was like, basically Biddy throwing <clears throat> herself at him. And he's that's like, when he told her he's not yeah. interested in her, and he wishes he was. And I picture Biddy was, like, pretty hot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Biddy was hot, and yeah. so was Joe's sister, and I yeah. mean Joe's wife, and yeah, Joe's, Joe's, yeah, he married his sister. <laughs> you know, I, I I didn't know that Miss Havisham. Uh, I'll say this: I knew that Miss Havisham wasn't the benefactor because it was too easy. I didn't think it would be the comic for sure. I had the assumption throughout the entire time that it was like Joe. 
Joe's sister, uh, mm. I mean, Pip's sister. I keep saying sister. That would have been uh, interesting. Pip's, Pip's sister had the money all along. Um, it, 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 I just thought it would be somebody closer to him. And at, when it was the convict, I was like, man, it's, to bring it all the way around from like the first scene of the book. That's the first scene of the book. Like to bring it all the way around and that being such a big role. And, in, and you know what? Life. It makes sense because I. Especially as a former job that we didn't like, I remember one thing from it, and I don't know if you do. Uh, you remember we had to go through like training, mm-hmm. and they they showed it. I don't know if they showed it for you, but they showed like a TED talk of this one guy. It was called a lollipop moment. Mm-hmm. It was basically anybody can create these moments where you're just like a leader or whatever, but you make an impact on somebody, but you don't even you don't even know. Huh. You like said so you you made somebody's day. Wait, why did they call it a lollipop? Because he it was like something where they handed out lollipops huh. uh, at this one day in college, and he got I don't know. It was like a whole story of how he said that he, he I don't know. This girl saw him, and I guess he was handing out lollipops, and she was like very intimidated to start college, and you know I guess like he was in part of some group, and he handed out a lollipop to this kid, this guy, and he said, um, and the guy's like, oh, hand it to this beautiful girl over here. So he did, and they ended up dating, I guess, mm. getting married. But the guy that handed out the lollipop had no idea, but I guess at the end of, uh, you know, like five years later, she told him. So he's like, hey, everybody can have these, like, moments. And That's interesting. And I think it, it was, it's kind of, uh, well, it's kind of like that for this guy, the convict. It's like, he did this nice thing for me. Pip probably doesn't even really. Mm-hmm. This is years later before remember. You yeah. Like doesn't even think about like right. you would never connect it. Oh, he's not in jail. Like this guy's so like I think that's pretty cool. This guy probably in jail is like this guy did something really nice for mm-hmm. me. That's a that's an interesting thing. Like through throughout the entire time, Pip is doing nice things for other people, even even though he's become like this pompous asshole he's helping he helped uh mr mr pocket he went and told miss havisham to give to leave some money to him he also went to miss havisham and told her if she could leave give some more money to herbert because he wasn't going to be able to fund him anymore because he found out it was the convict and he didn't want to take his money he ends up um you know helping the convict when he was a kid he he's Doing anything he possibly could. He helps Estella, even though she probably he, yeah, shouldn't. <laughs> uh, he's still very nice to Miss Havisham. He saved her life. She ended up dying, so never mind. Um, but, but, but he tried. He tried to save her life. Um, he's he's not doing anything to be an arrogant asshole on purpose. It, but it almost seems like... This is a conversation you and I have had. Um, it's almost like he wants to get away from his former life where there was poverty and mm. nothing good happened to him. But once he leaves that world, he gets humbled by it. He's He knows that Mr. Jagger knows more than he does. And Mr. Wamek, who's Mr. Jagger's assistant, becomes a good friend of his. And he's taking advice from these, these people. He's very nice to Herbert. He's very nice to Mr. Pocket. He's kind to everybody that he runs into even though back home he's seen as an arrogant yeah. person he's really not he's just 
wanting to escape his life so badly that he's willing to do anything to escape his life. And once he does escape his life and go somewhere else and has the money, he's not really using it on himself. He's not buying things for himself. He's helping other people. He's using it to like expenses for the day. So I, I, he, I think he should have helped Joe a little bit more yeah. I mean, when he had the money. But he also did use his money to help others and his ability to help for others. And he stuck by the convict at the end of the day, tried to help him escape, risked his life to do it, risked his life for Miss Havisham. He's a good person overall. But it's great to see the arc of um, Pip, the innocent boy, go back to Pip, the good boy, after all of these incidences happen. It's good. It's great, yeah. great Dickens writing. Uh, I loved it. And this is what... Not his last book, but no, one of the, I think it was like the second to last. Uh, yeah, his last was Mystery of Edward Drood. Who they did Edward Drood. Edward Drood. Oh, Mystery of Edward Drood. That doesn't roll off the tongue. Um, he actually didn't finish it, so the mystery never gets solved. So what do you mean it never? Because he didn't finish. There was a mystery. <laughs> Um, and he doesn't. So you can read the book, and it, it just ends. And it's, there's a big debate about how what ha, what's supposed yeah, to have happened at the end. Kind of interesting. Um, yeah, I when I was going through this after I was done, I was like, after reading this, would I read another Dickens book? And absolutely, I I like. Yeah, I think it. I would too. I I because it wasn't like impossible to read. It wasn't mm-hmm. like great like Shakespeare. Yeah. Or something. And it's it's it's. A good story, and I i mean, I know you felt otherwise, but I didn't feel like there were any lulls throughout the story. Like, sometimes you read books and a hundred or f- hundred pages or so in the middle, like Stephen King, just kind of could get, get out yeah. of it. Like, they're not necessary. I didn't feel that way in this one. The story kept going. Uh, almost when a story dies, the next chapter starts right away, and it's in a different time. So, like... Or a different place. So he's not focusing too much on small details. So even if you get lost in a chapter, the following chapter is completely different. Yeah. And you're, yeah. And you're no, well, caught true. up all over again. And he almost kind of gives you a, a little bit of a summary of what just happened. Oh, after I spoke to Mr. Jagger about this, now I feel like he's, yeah. he's very good with that. The character development was so good. The writing style was great. Um, I, I thought that he did a very good job keeping everybody in that story relevant even though some of them didn't matter for a while Estella stayed relevant even though she wasn't main part of the story so was Miss Havisham so was like even though Pip was the center of the story we still were when Joe came back we were like oh wow Joe's back Biddy's back yeah. you know like it was it was it Biddy was, made a return yeah and that means that he did a very good job giving the characters well um, yeah he definitely I mean definitely spent some time with yeah. a lot of characters Yes, you did. And, and there's a lot of story. I mean, it's... Yeah, absolutely. Um, loved it. That's Dickens December for you, ladies and gentlemen. Dickens December. Dickens December. Next year, we'll read another Dickens. <laughs> we will start the next one. I, I I, think his biggest is probably David David Copperfield. You know what? It's just from, like the name Charles Dickens just sounds like it's tough. But that's the thing. I, I'm glad we did this because it pushed us to read a book we probably wouldn't have read. I, 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 Especially I would, you. I would have never read this book. You would have never read this book. 
I would have avoided Dickens at all times. Right. But that's my point. We ended up reading a story. It's so And easy. I didn't hate it. I just I know. I, I get it. it. It's 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 so um every every person that reads books always goes back to Dickens and says, Oh, you know, oh we don't have authors like good authors like Dickens anymore. Meanwhile, like they've never read any of his work. This kind of gave you a badge of honor to wear and say, I've read a Dickens book. And even though it was tough, I mean, I finished this book two hours before I got here. Uh, it, it, yeah, it, I mean, I finished it in days. So. Yeah, it's, it took... It's a lot it, of pages. It took some time, but I never felt like I wanted to not read it. I never felt like, oh my God, this is a chore. Sometimes I feel that way. I felt that way with... Uh, our lady that we always bring up here on this beautiful oh, podcast, uh, Miss, yeah. Miss um, yeah. Atwood. Um, I felt like it was almost a chore. I was like, ah, I gotta read this fucking podcast. I don't want to read it. But I, I actually enjoyed it. It was a very good book. Um, there's a reason he's one of the best. There's a reason he's we're talking about him all these years later. I mean, I think, I think he was born 200 years ago. Yeah, which is yeah, that's a, yeah. that's the craziest point. Yeah. 200 years later after I still, I still always think the craziest part is like, you could write a book in 1890 and you could still be like, oh yeah, I can, I can really. Yeah. <laughs> I can really. Um, <laughs> all right, so give me your rating for this book. Uh, I'm going to say 3.5. 3, okay, all right, that's pretty good. 3.5. What is, what is it that's missing in it? I, I just thought, like, like I said in the beginning, I just thought some... I, just thought it was like very long mm-hmm. at parts. Okay, fair enough. Fair like, enough. I, I don't know. I, I, I would agree with you. I I will say to defend my good friend Mr. Charles Dickens. <laughs> uh, these these the book was originally serialized. So yeah, I, I did hear. He did would hear publish chapters. It makes sense. Every couple of weeks in a newspaper, and people would read it from that. That's actually pretty amazing. How I wish they would do that. Again. Yeah, me too. I, like that, that is pretty cool. It's like a. It's almost like. It's like a show. Yeah, it's like what network TV yeah. was when we were growing up. It's like s- streaming services now. Only that, like streaming, you get it all at once. Not anymore, though. They're back to are they? HBO. It's uh, HBO never everywhere. changed. Yeah, it's every once in a while. Except for that show, Ten uh, Year Old Tom. They put that on. <laughs> they, they didn't want you to wait for that. But like Succession, now you watch yeah. once a week. I finished it. Great show. Um, but I wish they would do that again. And I think that's why you feel that way. I think he literally did it for entertainment purposes. Mm. He really wanted to do it as almost like a show. Like he wanted to add a lot into it. So I think that's why he did that. Um, I would give it a four, four point five out of five. Yeah. I I think the only thing missing for me was that ending. I wish it was a little bit grimmer. I mean, you know... Yeah, the the, uh, the 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 more powerful ending is always the darker one. Yeah, there was so And it doesn't much... have to be, like, terrible, but... Yeah. Dickens is known in all of his books to give you a nice bow tie at the end and, and wrap everything up for you. This one was just a little too... So many coincidences. Now, I never read The Christmas Carol, but, you know, you know the story. Yeah. That one, I felt like the, the happy ending makes sense. Y- yes. Yeah. I, that's a different story. I agree with you, though. Because, like, I mean, b- I agree. B- but, like, that one is just kind of, okay, he goes through it, blah, right. blah, blah. This one, I don't think so. No. It's, it's, he, Pip ends up going back to Joe and Biddy 
on the day of their marriage. Ra- randomly, <laughs> he ends up going to Estella on the one time that she visited. I mean, it's just so many coincidences. I know it's eleven years later, so some people would argue it's not a coincidence. It's been eleven years, but yeah, but it is. Yeah, it is. It is, and I don't. And you know, after all the hatred that she had for him, they end up walking hand in hand away from each other. I, I don't really, but I would have loved the original ending. Where she's remarried, Pip misses out, he's basically just barely living or, his life. Or another ending would be like, Pip is the one that kind of like, rejects her and stuff. That would have been nice. Herbert and Pip end up getting married. Oh, that, that is um, the alternate. <laughs> <laughs> that is an alternate. Uh, although Herbert is married to Clara, so never mind. Well, um, yeah, this was a, an, a great December book. I'm so glad we did this. It pushed me to read way more than I did. There were many nights where I was up until 1 o'clock in the oh, morning reading. That's this. impressive. Yeah, it pushed me. It did. This is the, one of the good things about the podcast. Now so. you can take a break. Now I will actually <laughs> read some other stuff that you don't have to read. Um, well, we have to come up with the next book. but uh... We have some time. we got a little bit of a holiday break. Let's enjoy it. So everybody, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and Happy New Year. Thank you for 2021, and yeah. don't we get appreciate dead. you listening. Don't get dead. Don't get dead. That's better than the last ending that you had. I don't remember the last ending. Uh, well, it was very, very pornographic. It was, a, it was a reference to Dickens' name. You had a euphemism uh, in there. I don't remember. Okay, good. Um, I really don't. Uh, uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. We appreciate it. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas, All and right. go read some Dickens. See ya.